listening to the Derek Sante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Sante, and today we're kicking it with a, a fashion designer. The first, the first that I got on the show. Um, uh-huh. My brother has a different type of motor, um, and I believe, it, you know, it has a totally different type of motor when it comes to a drive. A true definition of what an entrepreneur is, um, and throughout the peaks and valleys of his journey, his vision has only gotten clearer. He's not only formed and solidified a household brand of the fraternity brand, but he also created a space for every client to stand out amongst the crowd. He's an authentic individual. I mean, as authentic as they come. A real stand-up guy, and more significantly, a keen businessman. This brother is very well respected in all circles because of his character and integrity. He has a way of making sure that every client leaves looking fresh with every custom outfit that he delivers. Please help me welcome the man behind the fraternity brand, Jason Burke. Welcome. Oh, wow, man. That was a nice introduction. It almost put me in tears. I appreciate that. <laughs> nah, that's, that's, honestly, that's what comes to mind, though, when, when I think about what you do. Like, your grind is just something else. And I've, I've watched from a distance, and I admire it, actually, because the consistency is what really gets me. Right. Like over the years, if, if I if I can picture anybody else doing what you're doing or even attempting to do what you're doing, they would have quit. A lot, man. Right. It's like, hard as hell, man. <laughs> it's I know it's not easy, but you make it look easy. Right. And I think that's a part of um the gift and the curse. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you when you make it look too easy, I find when you make something look too easy, people don't appreciate it as much. Right. And then, but when they look like, when you look like you're struggling, then they're like, ah, well, you know, it's just one of those things. You gotta gotta find the balance. Right. Right. You know, it's tricky, but often people don't see it. But um, I wanted to kind of talk to you about your journey. Now, every episode that I start with, I usually open with a quote. And a quote that I have for you today is by uh, Mark Jacobs. And I want you to, after you hear the quote, just give me your thoughts on what comes to mind when you hear that quote. All right. All right. It goes, clothes mean nothing until someone lives in them. That's as real as it gets. How do you, and how, like, go ahead. And my, so like to expand, like at least when I, when I picked that up, it's like you can, anyone can wear, anyone can buy an outfit. Well, anyone can buy a regular outfit. It's the person who makes that outfit. Because I, there's people who can go to Harry Rosen and buy an outfit that altogether costs them $5,000. The person can go to Walmart and buy an uh, outfit that costs them less than 50 bucks and look better than the person from who went to Harry Rosen. That's true. That is so very true. It, it, like expensive clothes doesn't really, like, don't get me wrong, it helps it, but it doesn't always make the outfit. Right. You still have to put it together. Right. Right. It's funny you say that because I, I don't know if you remember... Um, uh, a guy from the old neighborhood, uh, Wayne Smith, tall, light skin dude, baller. Yeah, basketball player. Right. So a great little story. I, I remember I used to like, I I noticed his mom because she stood out. Right. She was a very she's very in tune with fashion. So it wasn't until we were older, and I actually was able to have a you know a candid conversation with her, and I asked her. I said, her name is Pam. So I said, Pam, how do you how do you 
always seemed to like just put the right pieces together. Right? And you know what she said to me? She said, I look expensive, but my outfit does not look anywhere near as expensive. Because hmm. sometimes she shops at Winners and other times she shops at Value Village. That reminds me of my mom. That's exactly my mom's. That's my mom's swag. She'll have outfits that look pricey as hell, but all Value Village pieces. Right. Genius. I was like, what? Because 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 if I was a big, big fashion person, I would have looked at somebody like her and be like, you know what? I need to keep up. But I would be going to pay a retail price. And going broke. Right. You know, so that it's, it's a great point that you, you, you make a great point there because, yeah, you can buy the most expensive thing, but it may not necessarily work with you. The person right. makes the it, outfit. You got to make it. If you don't feel confident in what you're wearing, the outfit is like your clothes are supposed to make you feel more confident. Right. So going out and spending money, if that's what you think makes it more confident, then all power to you. But that's not like if you're more comfortable wearing T-shirts, uh, a black T-shirt, black jeans and shoes. Mm hmm. I tell people all the time, like, just find something that's your accent piece. Like, mine's just shoes and jacket. Right. So I can wear the cheapest pants and the cheapest shirt, and then my shoes are going to be nice, and or my jacket's going to be nice. There you go. And that's something I can keep wearing over and over and over again. Just buy timeless pieces. Right. Right. Timeless pieces. Wow. If you're buying trendy pieces, then you better have money to keep up. So, okay. So educate me on this. What's the difference between a timeless piece and a trendy piece? So for men, they're simple. Like you have your simple silhouettes that are, have never gone anywhere. They've like men's fashion hasn't changed much. Right. They might alter it a little bit here and there, but you know you have a classic blazer, uh, a jeans jacket, um, like uh, a bomber jacket. Okay. These are like timeless things that like you know if you get a nice clean one, even if you go out and spend some money on a good one, a nice leather jacket. Like these things, as long as they were made well, these things are going to last you for the rest of your life. Buy a good Levi's denim jacket, you will never have to really buy another one. Wow. Okay. And the trendy ones would be something like what? More patches everywhere and a bunch of like a, a lot going on where that right. patches. You know, now it's now it's more trendy. Now print certain prints are trendy. Like right. if you have a camel print, camel print is classic. Right. There's certain prints that are classic and there's certain ones that are just trendy. So it's just figuring out, understanding like those things and you're spending the money on the things that will be here for, for will be in your closet forever and and not spending a bunch of money on stuff that you're going to will not want to wear in two years. Wow. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize. I, I mean, I noticed certain trends would come and go and certain things would just always make their way back around. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I never realized that if it's too busy, you're definitely, not, which is true because when it's too busy, you're not going to want to wear it when it's not the right era or the right time yeah. or the right and, season. And, it, and, it's more, and it's more recognizable now. So like a regular black jacket, you can keep wearing that. No one's going to really be like, oh, he keeps wearing the same black jacket. Right. But if it has a patch on it, they'd be like, oh, I know that patch on that. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that patch before. <laughs> yeah, so you know what I mean? So now when you're, 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 when you, like when I design stuff, I try to do timeless silhouettes with, really nice fabrics, really nice uh, materials. So the materials do all the talking. Right. Um, and then, you know, the silhouette is, is just a classic, clean silhouette. There you go. Okay. Okay. Man, I think we jumped in right in there. It's too hot right now. Let me back up. Me... <laughs> I want to go back to the beginning, right? Um, how old were you when you first felt the connection to fashion? Uh... You want to hear the funny story? You actually started my fashion journey. No way. 
You, do you remember the brand you had it? It was a K, it was Kato, right? Yeah, yeah. You were the first person I've ever seen put a design on a hat. No like, way. And do it, and it sparked that that started that and sparked the interest. I was like, huh. Wow. Huh. That's dope. And, and it's funny. It's a it's a funny story. That it's, but really and truly, like you sparked it because you did the toque and you did the the and you had a couple fittings and yeah. I was like, huh. And then there was another brand. I remember um, Priceless they used to do Taste um, Shaka Whitaker from the neighborhood. He used yeah. to do um, talent shows at the community center. Right. So he brought a guy down, um, Clips, who did a brand called Nice. Yes. And I they're that. from like Eglinton, yeah, Dauphin and Eglinton area. Mm-hmm. And he had jackets that were like not just a jacket that somebody put a logo on. They were right. like, he designed them and got them made. I was yeah. just like, huh. Uh, and then a couple of years later, because I'm I was way younger than all of you yeah, guys, so yeah. once I st- and that, that's when I, I was like, oh, this could be done, and that, and the, I seen what it could be. Like I knew, realized I had to start with t-shirts, but mm-hmm. I realized what it could, could be. be. Oh. And it was and it was you two guys who like really like sparked the interest there that just stayed there. It wasn't I'm gonna say it was a burning passion at that time, but right. it was like. Nice. And then and later on, I, I just started selling clothes out the trunk. So like, that would be the guy selling all the clothes out the trunk. And then I decided to, um, I used to work at a grocery store and I realized they had their own brand in their store. Hmm. And that's the, where they make all their profits. So I was like, oh, they use that same business model and pop my own brand into the trunk. Right, right. So that's where rep started. I don't know if I'm speeding through. But. No, no, no. That was good. That was that's perfect. That's I didn't realize that. I'm I'm honored, man. That's that's a that's no, it sucks. <laughs> wow. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not just saying that. That's it's you and clips. Uh, every time I see clips, I I, I say yo, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's all respect to, to nice clothing. Like he's the, the original OG. That's dope. That is dope, man. So. Wow. So you, okay. So you, you get this idea and when did it officially start for you where you said, okay, I'm going to start with t-shirts. I'm going to, first of all, let's go back. The name rep clothing, where'd that come from? Honestly, it was, it, it was just something that never left my, like it was something that came in my head and I just never left. It just, it, cause I kept trying to find other names. Right. And it just never left. And eventually, um, built a, around what rep meant like and I was like representing everyone in place uh, trying to make everyone f- and then, so I started to build I guess the brand around the, the word rep because really and truly I didn't I, I, the word just wouldn't leave right. kept saying like I, I just rep, rep clothing rep and then so then I started literally just building the brand around that word wow. and what that word meant I guess meant to me at the time so I always try to design stuff like I know like coming up a lot of people were um, and which was actually the right way to go is you use your logo should be the one that drives the brand right but I was more pushing the concept clothing right that had to do with the rep which didn't really it don't get me wrong it still built the brand but it would the logo didn't build as fast as right uh, so that's something I learned when I tr- so we basically transferred all that knowledge to the new brand yeah. fraternity yeah so I, I make the brand be more of the pusher which still has you know a solid message behind it and all but it's still the design itself it's clean where you know like the nike swoosh is something that's just right. clean simple recognizable silhouette can be done big small and it all works wow now do you think on your journey from rep um till now did the neighborhood have any influence on the different looks and styles and things that you created 
when it comes to rap. Yeah, did for sure. Like I think the first one of the first shirts I made was like the real junglist shirt. That the shirt said the real junglist. Yes. Bad business move, but it was the first shirt I made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you learned. I mean, what, you were yeah. what, like eighteen? I don't know. Not even. I was like sixteen. Yeah, like you started really young. So it's expected. 60, maybe even, yeah, I was young. <laughs> I had the car. Yeah, I had a car, so I was like sixteen, and yeah. I got a car early, so I was like, yeah, I look sixteen. Wow. So that was the first one. What was the next one after that? Do you remember that? Uh, then I did like uh, two other shirts where I had like the uh, rep crest. Mm-hmm. I had the rep crest and then I had a shirt called product of my environment. What were and I built a campaign? I remember campaign that one. Around I remember that one. That was a good one. I, I, I like that one. What was that? Well, just, go ahead. No, finish. Finish your thought. Yeah, I just remember, I remember like when I did go to class and paid attention, there was a, I was in social studies or anyone, one of those classes and I, we were, they were studying nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was paying attention that day. <laughs> and, and that's where the whole product of my environment, like, a, uh, that makes sense. Like, like, are we, are we a product of our environment? It's nature versus nurture. And that's where that whole um, concept came from. Uh, and what were, what were some of the, um, like speed bumps along the road? Like as far as getting your products. So when you started with the t-shirts, where were you getting your t-shirts from? Um, I was, so the first place I got into, okay, so perfect, like, to be honest with you, this fashion journey wasn't planned, but it was, it was, I guess it was my, it was like my, it was what I'm supposed to do. Cause first I was selling clothes out the trunk. Right. So I was meeting people selling other brands. So I'm meeting, I'm meeting, um, Spire. I'm buying stuff from stores that are basically selling me the stuff that hasn't sold in their store, but I'm taking it to a whole different, um, clientele that's brand new to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So. So I'm now getting introduced to people in the clothing industry just from, I'm just hustling clothes. Right. So through that, you just start talking to people and they're like, oh, I, I know somebody who can print shirts. I have a guy do this. Mm-hmm. Um, like my, in the beginning, my first couple of stuff started to come from like, I had a, I had a link in Pakistan. Oh, wow. Just because I was just basically, I had a guy I was buying wholesale from and he had a factory in Pakistan. Right. Wow. How long would that take, though? I mean, the turnover must have been... Oh, it was... You know, that was... Yeah, that's a whole different monster. But... Uh, <laughs> so, like, I'm ordering stuff. I'm getting my short... And, it, and to be honest, that's the same problem now. Like, it, you... You have to learn... When you're in the fashion game, you have to, like... It's cool to be able to design something. But if you really want to be able to push it at, at mass, or at scale, you got to know that that has to go into production so much earlier than you need it. Right. Because the season... Like, I... Like, basically, because of COVID, my, my summer collection came at the end of April, uh, August. Wow. We live in, we live in Canada. This <laughs> is like, <they're> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, I should have false. My false stuff should be rolling out by the end of, the end of August. Wow. So, so that's something you always have to be delays, 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 but you also have to be able to turn it around to have the, the, the upfront money to put into the collection, knowing that you have to order it almost a year in advance, maybe six months. And that's that's the challenging part, right? Because you have to kind of yeah. anticipate what the the trend is going to be, or what your look is going to be, and because it's product based, you have to almost sell what you have in in inventory before you can actually get your so, capital back. Exactly. So if you don't, if you have a miss, like it, it could be a disastrous miss, right? Because you don't have money, you don't have the real. <laughs> That's that's too much anxiety. I mean, I remember feeling that, and I was like, you know what? Mm, I gotta switch my 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 approach because that was essentially the reason why I kind of took a step back from from doing Kata. Was mm-hmm. just as soon as I recognized that 
product base is going to eat into my my capital and also potentially my profits. And so I said, you know what, let me try a different model. And that's why I made the transition to go from product to service. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to reap obviously more of a capital. And then my plan eventually is to go back to the clothing, but obviously I was enjoying the service more than I was with product and the stresses and, and, and whatnot. But it definitely, definitely a bunch of us stresses. Yeah. Like, it has to be a passion. It's not your passion. This is not, I tell people all the time, it's like, you want to start a clothing line? And I, 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 as much as it sounds like a maiden go listen. Yeah. If you're trying to make a quick buck, no. no. Yeah, no, no. It's the wrong place to be doing that. Yeah. No, and, <laughs> this is and, not the place for you. And it's funny because I see a lot of young people jumping in and what they're doing is they'll make one shirt and do a screen print on it or a sweater, but they want to sell it on Shopify for like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Just to make one turnaround and be like, yes, I sold, but you're not gonna, you're not getting any sales. Like it's it's crazy. What do you have to say for somebody like that? Well, there's like there's a fine balance. These new this new age of kids are like I don't think I'm old, but I realize I'm I'm definitely out of the, <laughs> the youngster group now. Yeah. Um, but one thing I give to them is, is they don't care. They just put things out. Where I have that creative block where I'm like, no, it's not perfect yet. Right. Right. So yesterday, but it's finding the perfect balance. Mm -hmm. And one, the example I like, one of uh, somebody gave me a good piece of advice. He's like, yo, that 10% that you're looking for, which makes something perfect. So you get it to 90 and that 10% that you're looking for, 90% of people don't even know it. They don't even see that, yeah. that extra 10% you're about to put in. Only the people who are professionals in that industry are going to sit there and go, ah, I see where you fucked up. Yeah. Uh, okay. I see where you fucked up. And don't get me wrong. Yes, you want to impress those people, mm -hmm. but you're still running a business. That's it. That's it. The bottom line's got to matter. Yeah, you're still running a business. So, because I'm going into stores and I'm seeing stuff that mistakes all over the place. I'm like, and this is selling for what? I go, hell no. I, and then I have to be like, no, I, I'm overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah. That's your, that's your creative brain, though. Yes. Yeah, the creative brain always seems to find a way to creep in there. It's, it's, and it's, it's crazy because I started off with the business mind. Yes. But then, I started off with the business mind. And then when I found the, when I got the full passion for fashion, I was just like, then the creative mind just really made me make some yes. bad business choices. And, and, but it's funny you said it because I was about to say the same thing, that the minute you got the passion, the creative brain set in. Mm -hmm. And the business one had to take a, the, the passenger seat. You know what I mean? Yep. And then that's where, yeah, you start to see the difference. But you start to see the difference. Yeah, yeah. Because then the so profit finding slows the balance. down. Yeah, the profit yeah, slows yeah, down, yeah. and then like, then dude, what are you in it for? People, and then people would be like, "Oh, you really just like?" Because don't get, I love this guy, and I, I, I pay the bills from it. But it, like, if I was to take myself away, this is why I would love that, like, a side manager to like run the business side, of it, right. where I can just focus on being creative. Right. Right. But that's hard too, right? To get somebody so hard <laughs> to to run something that. They're not as passionate about either. Um, so my side, so what I, the way I went about it or I'm going about it is I literally designed stuff up for like, like I told you, I use timeless silhouettes. Right. Right. So I've designed silhouettes. Like I have, a, I have clothes for days, the silhouettes designs mm -hmm. ready to go. Now it's to say, all right, cool. Let me get out of the creative mind. Yeah. And focus on pushing what I've created over the last couple of years. That's it. That's it. And so are you creating um, in, in quantities or is it more just 
on individual levels? So, well, something I did from learning from rep was stock kills you. Yes. So when I started with um, fraternity, it was I started basically more like very all custom based, like you know, making custom pieces, very low run, so they become like ten pieces of this. So it's right. very limited mm-hmm. pre orders, um, and and. And, and so on and so forth. So I kept my stock low. I never had to overinvest in it. Right, right. That makes sense. You know, yes, the price points are higher for me to like, obviously create these things. Sometimes you, if you really put, when you think about the time and stuff, you're maybe not making that much of a profit, but I'm building the brand. Right. You know, uh, you know, I'm building the brand. So now slowly getting into, you know, I'm trying to get into more mass because the name is starting to get out there. Now I'm trying to get into a little bit more mass production. Mm-hmm. It's another monster. Again, now you're getting into making sure your times are like so short. Like I said, my, my summer collection was all basically mass produced. Right. But I got everything at the end of August. Right. Wow. I'm going to take a few steps back. I know we, we dove into the business. We're going to come back to it. Um, now, do you come from a, a big family or a small family? Um. I have a big family, but they don't live in Canada. So I have a really small family here. Like Christmas at growing up is five people at max. Okay. Okay. So when they, the ones that don't live in Canada, where are they from? All Jamaica. Okay. Have you been back? Yeah, I used to go a lot as a kid. Okay. But you haven't been since you've been an adult? Nine, no, not 19. Maybe 2018. Okay. I was there not too long ago. Okay. How was that experience? Uh, I went there for funeral, but it was Jamaica as a as a grow more as a grown up is that's a vibe in itself. <laughs> so it was, it was it was definitely a, like other than I was there for a funeral, it right. was you know me to because I think the last time I went there before that one was like twelve, right, twelve right, thirteen, right. yeah, maybe twelve, yeah, yeah it's a whole yeah a whole different monster. Yeah, man, what was it? So the five of you that's including um, both parents or just one parent and the rest were siblings. Um. It would be, yeah, one parent, the rest of them. Okay, okay. And so how was it And then my up? aunt, and then my aunt. Okay, so your aunt was with you guys. Yeah, so my aunt, so my aunt is, so it's my mom and my aunt, but she comes from 14 brothers and sisters. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I remember like going, I'll go to Jamaica, like last time I went to Jamaica, I'm like, holy shit, crap, there's like, oh, they're all here. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So... So when I go back, I go, oh, I have a, sh-. and then now think about cousins and all that stuff that spawn off of that much. Right. <laughs> so like here, I don't. So I would like, when I go to people's have like, big times, like, oh, this is dope. And then when I go to Jamaica, I'm like, oh crap, I, I do have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, <laughs> in, in, so growing up here, your, um, your family, how supportive were they of your dreams? I think my mom understood who I was from a very young age. So like as much as like this story of most single mom setups is like, she's working all the time. Right. So support is, is, is what it is. Um, but I was still with the freedom to do a lot. (laughs) Mm. You know, I had the freedom to be me just do Like I, she let me start a business. She let me start a a candy store out of my house when I was 12. Oh, wow. And I don't mean like a regular, I don't mean like a, a pop-up selling freezies. I was, I had a con- pull-out convenience store. Serious? Like, she was all, yeah, we were going to Costco buying stuff wholesale and I'm selling like, and I'm selling it out my front door. I bought a basketball net and kids would come play basketball and I'm selling freezies, um, pops, 10 cent candies, 5 cent candies, quarter candies, ring pops. So you've been and, doing this from young? 
Yeah, I've been, it's just it's like the entrepreneur spirit. It's like my dad has his own business. So like, I guess that's like ingrained in, in mm. just, I guess the DNA. Wow. But yeah, yeah. It's from, it, that was what? I was a rich little kid. Man. That's, that's incredible. I didn't know that. That's, that's when I, I didn't realize, that's when I realized 10 cents adds up like a, yep. <laughs> what? That adds up. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. I didn't realize. So how did you manage to not fall victim to the neighborhood's potential? I have an, I have an older brother that, uh, that was really with the shit, uh, with, with it. And also, like, right. there's two ways you look at it. I want to be just like you or let me avoid mm. <laughs> let me avoid certain things. So, right. um, yeah, like, like my, at least my generation, not much of us had, not much of us had older brothers that were really in it to, yeah. to really say, like, they can avoid them so they were the guinea pigs I guess you and I, I don't mean to say that but I had a conversation with him like yo you're like my guardian angel if it right. wasn't for you I would be you yeah yeah wow so you had a, you literally had a prototype of what not to do just just what like do you want this is what happens if you go this way this way exactly yes exactly. this is what happens if you go this way like wow. you know I remember the day like seeing um like i remember seeing like the, you see the disappointment in your parents face when yeah. something bad happens right yeah. and i remember when i put that look on my mom's face i was like oh shit no 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 yeah. so yeah, so i was just like no nah, i got to tell so that's when i was like let me be the let me see if i can be the at least the, the little straighter arrow how challenging was that though that that must have been some kind of pressure too uh no, because like I told, I think my mom understood me. She just literally let me be me. Like I had, like I don't, I don't know how to say it. No, I, I was able to do things, and I guess she seen the responsibility in me where I wasn't going out and doing stupid stuff. Right. But like I never had a curfew. I was doing, I was, I, so I, I, I was twelve years old. Yeah, I had like literally a front door full of like I was selling. So like I got to be me. Wow. I got to make my mistakes. Um, you know, and I got to be me. So she knew that, like, I wasn't going to be the person in school getting A's and B's and blah, blah, blah. So right. it wasn't, she wasn't on me for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she let me, she, yeah, she literally let me be me. Wow. Were, were you creative as a kid? I think I was. I don't know. I definitely was, but I didn't understand it. Got it. Yeah, I didn't, uh, like, I could, I was the guy doodling. I was always the guy doodling, sketching, and doing stuff like that. But I wasn't, I didn't sit there and go, I'm the best guy. Like, there were guys who would blow me out of the water. Right. But then I had to understand what, where my creative genes come, like, what my creative path is. Because, yes, doesn't mean if my drawing isn't the best, doesn't mean I'm not a creative. Exactly. It just means that's just not my median. Right. I'm trying to figure out, because you spent a lot of time, I mean, you played ball. You hung out with, obviously, the neighborhood kids, just like we all did. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you avoid that peer pressure? Because there's always a phase, right? I'm sure you've seen other kids go through it where they want to be a part of the clique so much that they they do things that's out of character for them. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a that that's the thing. Everyone is just trying to fit in, right? So you see a lot of people just basically play that six nine role, right? Where they're just you know they're just acting the funk and you know that's not them. Like, right. Especially if you've grown up with somebody from like they were young, you yeah. their heart doesn't change that much, right? right. Their, their heart is their heart. So when all of a sudden stuff started happening, you're just like, uh, yeah, it's not you. Um, me personally, I was always my own person. Like I just literally, I was never followed, never followed um, anyone else's lead. I was 
my only if somebody didn't think it was cool of that I'll say less that's on you so where, where do you think that was that stems from like where do you think you got that from well I was bigger than most kids so it's not like I could get bullied right, right. so you know with that big set like I was able to kind of just if I thought it was cool I thought it was cool and right. for the most part like I guess people thought it was cool too so I didn't get teased much mm. So you think your your size definitely eluded oh, a lot yeah, of people? Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And, and I was definitely about it. So like, <laughs> uh, quite sure. I'm quite sure. That's what's up. Oh, man, that's awesome. Now, okay, so I want to jump back to fraternity a little bit because so I've been watching, obviously, a lot of your reels and, and um and your lookbooks and everything else mm -hmm. that you kind of, you know, you're sharing online. I think it's incredible. Um, talk to me about the lookbooks. How often do you come up with it? Is it like a seasonal thing or is it when you have a new, you know, lineup of, of specific products that you want to kind of market? Is that when you create one or do you always have something ready for the public to kind of see? Like I'm always making, like I'm literally always working on new designs because mm -hmm. I do, I still, I'm still keeping up with custom. So there's always new content. I'm always working on something like a new tracksuit, a new jacket, blah, 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 blah. Right. So as far as content goes and in this new day and age, it's all about content. That's right. So I'm always working on something, but as far as like the lookbooks and, and collections go, I'll, every so often I try, well, not so often, I'm trying to make it more consistent. It was where I have, when I, but it takes a lot of time. It's to really, um, put together like a full collection like the the bigger brands do when they're putting out let's say fall uh fall winter right. spring spring summer right. um I, i'm not going to say i'm going to keep to a certain calendar because i don't believe in this new day and age there's no real rules because the internet has broken most of the old rules yeah where you can you basically don't need to put out like collections the way old school um you can put out capsules you can put out you can be creative with the way you put out products you can there's people like if your brand is big enough you can put a winter jacket out in the summer if people mess with you enough they'll buy it and just wait to wear it right right now the full name what is the full name of the fraternity yeah oh, the full name the full company corporation name is fraternity uh, fraternity brand limited so yeah, fraternity brand is is the full name. Okay, so how did that name come about? What's the what's the backstory for that name? Um, so I was working with Rep. Rep was actually doing very well. I was in like six stores in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was my bread and butter. Um, but I started to grow out of the fashion that I was making for it. Right. And. So when, I'm one of those sorry, people. Sorry to cut you off, but when you say grow out of it, it just means you're becoming more mature. Yeah, I wasn't wearing graphic t-shirts. Right. Um, okay. You know, it's, you know, I wanted a little bit of more of a refined, mm -hmm. a refined look. Right. Um, and which was a this is where the creative jump jump came in. Mm -hmm. Um, so I remember I went to I was in a fabric store one day and I seen a fabric. I was like, oh, that's gonna be that would be a really nice jacket. And I was really just making that jacket for myself. Mm. So I got the jacket made and I put it on and I was in um Harry Rosen in Yorkdale and an older white lady came up to me and says, oh, I really like your jacket. Where do you buy it? I'm just like, uh, I got it made. She's like, oh, you have a website? Like, she just kept asking me a bunch of questions. I'm in Harry Rosen. Like, she has money. Right. Um, 
And that's when the, the business mind came. I was like, oh boy, I should go back to the fabric store and buy all this fabric and get these jackets made. Right. I didn't have a name for the brand. There was no name for the brand at this point. Mm. It was just, oh, this jacket's really nice. So I went back, bought all the material, got the jackets made, put them in the store, and in two weeks they were gone. Wow. This was no name. There's no name. To, like This is just a jacket with dope materials, right. really nice jacket, no, no brand on it. Right. And I was like, huh. I like this. Yeah. This is actually way more like I get to be because again, when when I had rep, I was more a little more limited to what I'm doing. Again, print. I'm getting plain t-shirts, plain hoodies, and basically printing on them. You there's a limit. There's a limit to, and the price points. You can't get too creative when you're selling a thirty dollar t-shirt. No, like there's not much you can do. There's no there's no crazy margins, especially when you're making everything in Canada. Exactly. Right. So I'm just like, uh, how do I level up? Do I raise my prices? I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I was going to make a, a rep clothing like blue label, kind of like what Polo does when they right. just keep putting like, um, colors on it to level up the prices. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't ringing. Like the name just wasn't, it didn't feel good. Like it didn't have this, it didn't, ha- it didn't, it didn't embody what I seen, what, what the vision was for the new brand. Right. So, I kept going back to what I was trying to create. And then first I uh, was like, I'm trying to really just uh, create a community of, you know, fashionable gentlemen. Right. And then the name fraternity hit. Wow. So now, okay. So the name comes to you. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you now? So, so like, so when I made rep, the name came before the, the story came. Right. This, in this go around, the story came, came before, before the name. Mm-hmm. So I had, I already knew what the brand meant. I didn't have a name for it. Got it. So basically, again, I just wanted to build a, a brotherhood of fashionable gentlemen for the new, you know, the modern gentlemen. Got we it. don't all would like back in the day with suits, you wear a suit, you're a gentleman, blah, 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 blah. Right. There's a new, doesn't, if you don't wear a suit, doesn't mean you're not a gentleman. We open it. Like there's just a, there's a new, um, I guess, characteristic to what a gentleman is now. And it's like the modern gentleman. Right. You know, still, you know, the, the polite gentleman who open doors for ladies, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But he might dress in a tracksuit. Yeah. So you, you were getting it made by somebody else. At first. At first. Uh, at the first jacket. So, and go ahead. So then did that, did that experience trigger you to say, why don't I just learn to do this myself? Well, the, the, what triggered me, and this is what kept pushing me further and further away from doing um, um, rep, was I had to figure out how to get stuff produced. Like, I couldn't, it's not just a print, it's not just, oh, let me go buy some blank t-shirts, make a graphic design t- uh, and print on it. Right. Whole different, whole different monster. I got to source material, get the pattern made. Um, get samples made. It's a whole different process. I had to learn all this stuff. And I'm, I remember going and founding the manufacturer because again, I've been in the business, finding the manufacturer and going to them like, yo, these are my sketches. I want to get these done. He's like, do you have the patterns? I'm like, what do you mean the patterns? Like, oh, there's pictures. Like, yeah, it's right. Amazing. He's like, no, no, you have to, you have to get, you have to make the blueprint basically. Right. It's like, Okay, how much it cost to do that? And when he hit me with the price, I was like, excuse me, then how do I pay for production? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I just kept saying, like, I kept looking for other people to try to create, create what I'm trying to do, and 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 they kept hearing the prices. I was just like, this shit. I mean, this can't be that hard. So right. I, I was like, let me go buy a book and figure this out. And what was Thinking that? Added, what was that book? Um, you told me years it, ago. I'm trying to remember yeah, the name. It is. Uh, I don't remember the exact. It's like pattern making for street menswear. 
and it's just a book that teaches you how to make pattern, like the pattern draft. Uh. Right. But I don't freaking know anything about this stuff. So I'm basically, it's a te- and it's a textbook. I didn't go to university. I never right. bought a text. First of all, I never bought a textbook in my life. Right. So when I'm going in the store and I'm seeing a textbook for a hundred bucks, I'm like, people put that. I'm just cussing and people looking at me like, yo, that's not that expensive. You know, like there's books that are more money than that. I'm just like, holy man. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Probably the best investment I've ever, one of the best investments I've ever made. Right. Um, but so I get the book now and I'm trying to figure out, uh, I guess, how to teach myself mm-hmm. this. And, you know, I'm locked myself away. I'm not focusing on the other brand because I'm just stuck in, you know, a right. room teaching right. myself how to do this. And I was just like, I'm thinking it's going to take me maybe you know, three months to figure this out. Yeah. Oh, that, that took a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> that took a couple of years to get it to a point where I was just like, oh, I got it, got it. And 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 now figuring out how to, you still have to scale it. It's cool to get it and understand and make one. Mm-hmm. But now you got to be able to set up your patterns or you can scale it where an off company can now take your patterns and mass produce it. Oh. So, wow, a year. That was a learning curve for you. A couple years. I, I love, okay, so let's say, I, I think by like 20, this is around 27, I kind of like disappeared hibernation for about three years, like 30. Mm. I, I had, don't, don't get me wrong, I had it, but it wasn't my soul, like my pattern making was about, yeah, it took me about a year to understand how to make pattern, mm-hmm. patterns. Mm-hmm. And then, but in that time, I was to keep paying the bills because uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. It wasn't, I didn't have a job that right. I still had to pay bills. I said, all right, let me at least make clothes so I can learn on the job. So I started to learn. I taught myself how to sew now. I had an idea how to sew, but like I really started like, all right, cool. And I got to construct these garments now that I'm making patterns for. Right. So that's where the custom, that's where the custom part came in. I was like, okay, now I can basically get feedback from people I already know. Right. Who are going to help me pay bills and and tell you oh, this is off by a little, but they're not going to be on me then as much as the people, the public that doesn't know me. Right. I'll get a little more of a buy from my friends than right. uh, you know from other people. So I just you know dealt with the guys who are supporting me, making them custom at obviously um, bargain prices. Where something where the community really think about, I'm like, yeah, I made no money. <laughs> it took me a week to make it. I made like two. It was like two bills. <laughs> 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 but that's 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 the cost of doing business. Sometimes you gotta yeah. take the L's early so you can reap the benefits later. In fact, so, you know? <laughs> so yeah, so um, yeah, so that that in so let's say it took me about a year to learn pattern making to get to a point where I can I was like, yeah, all right, cool, I understand the concept. Mm. Obviously, you keep getting better the more you do it. Um, and then yeah, I just did customs, kept paying the bills, and I'm still trying to pull collections out, but. At the same time, the much time that I'm putting into keeping the doors open, doing customs, right. collections keep getting kind of like, like okay, I got to wait to put that. And I'm still learning how to set everything up for full full manufacturing and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm setting myself up to be like, like I see business models like Lara, and that's what I see fraternity being the business model. It's like, yo, owning your own factory, being able to create stuff yourself, because now you don't have to worry about lead times. You own your factory. Right. Right. Wow. So I've been basically setting like setting up the principles to have that be the future of fraternity. Because yes, I could have took my designs now. At this point, like, yes, just go to a thing and get it made. But I'm mm-hmm. really trying to be able to control everything so I can turn it around. Right. Like Zara and H and M can turn something around in two weeks. They can see something on the runway and go, "Oh, that's fly! It's gonna be hot!" In two weeks, I have it in all their stores. 
That's it. That's it. I think I think that story right there that you just told is is the kind of story that I've been trying to, you know, instill in people's heads that a lot of us. So I'm going to jump ahead and just ask you this one question. Now, <laughs> you self-taught yourself to do what you're doing currently. Yes. You didn't go to post-secondary. Mm-mm. YouTube in a book. Right. What do you think would have happened if you had gone the other route? and went to post-secondary to learn drafting and to learn how to sew and to learn all these things about fashion and what you know about branding and, and you know, lookbooks and everything else. What do you think would have happened to your dream? Two things. I think I think I would have been discouraged. Hmm. Maybe, like, turned off from the whole school thing because it's still, like, because sometimes to this day, I know people went to school and I, I know more than they did and they went to four years of university. Right. Just because of my own motivation. So there's two ways I, it would have happened. I would have gone to school and been excited and just kept going, taking all the knowledge I got from them and just expanding, 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 which would most likely have happened mm-hmm. is as I would have just been like, oh, sparked. Because right. in high school, I took a fashion class and that's really what, like, I was like, oh, okay, I really like this stuff. Yeah. And I, I like, I like, so I, I don't mind the sewing, the creating of stuff. Right. Um. So I think if I went to post, I mean, first thing I would have had a crazier network. Like my friends are basically the school people I went to high school with with the same people I went to, I grew right. up with. So my network is not as big as it should be at this point. Right. Um, so going to school would have definitely brought in my network. And I think I would have just, it would have helped spark, mm-hmm. continue the, the ignition of what I already had and just accelerating it. Because teachers would have probably seen that drive, put me in the right spot, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if they would have pushed me more into being a worker for somebody, which probably wouldn't happen just from my mindset. Yeah. But I would have just been able to take gems here and there because what took me so long to understand what I was doing is like if I ran into a problem, I had no one to talk to and figure out what's the problem. Right. Like, what do I need to adjust? So I had to just keep watch finding YouTube videos and hoping I'm typing in the right word because I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. I'm like, exactly. how do you fix the thingy that's yes. right here? Right. Uh, uh, so I'm just watching videos and videos until somebody says, ah, I'm like, oh, that's the word. Ah, now I can take that word and now move it somewhere else. Right. So like I'm getting I'm getting basically the terminology like I'm I have to figure out the terminology I can't just go and search the terminology if somebody told me I look up for a button stitch, right? It's see that's that's what it is though like you you would have yes you would have been the person you are in a different way you would have more resources maybe as far as networking um, you would have grasped the concept much quicker because you had somebody to connect with. Um, however, I feel like. The other side of it could have been you would have lost time to actually put out product. Yeah. Right. I, you, you wouldn't have maybe given yourself the amount of motivation because you would have been um, comfortable with the institutional system. And, and, and go ahead. I think I, I probably would have, like, say, school is four years. I probably would have ate up two years and been like, yeah, I'm off this. I got everything I needed. Right. You know, and but then when you when you do that, you leave with a little bit of debt behind you that follows you until you're ready to clear that, mm-hmm. right? So, so like, and, and I used to think of like, yo, the money I'm gonna lose starting my business, making mistakes—that's tuition. That's it. That's it. So, so just for anybody listening, uh, if you just tuned in, uh, I just want you to recognize that sometimes depends on who you are, your personality, your character trait. All those things matter. If you know who you are inside and out, then you can make decisions that you won't regret. However, if you're not that person and you're following a certain, you know, roadmap that your parents might have prescribed or a teacher or somebody else that influences you, 
um, might have prescribed, it may not necessarily be the path for you. And some people, it works for them. They need the guideline of the straight and narrow. You got to go to uh, post-secondary. That's the only way to get this information. By the way, it's 2021. That's false. But just listening to Jason's story, you can tell that sometimes the certain characters, certain people that just have the drive for what it is they want, they know what they want to do and they go for it. And nothing really stops them. It might slow them down, but it's not going to stop them. Right. But thank you for sharing that story, because I think it's important for anybody listening that they might have a passion for something and somebody else is is whispering in their ear or the inner voice is telling them, listen, this is not for you. Quit. Right. But if it's truly their passion, I just want them to know that they can actually just follow it, learn all the right things, whether it's on your own or through whatever avenue and get it done. The point is, you got to yeah. get it done. And like there's guys who like growing up, we didn't have much role models, but there's guys that we would model our stuff for like our peers. And right. we had one guy, Alex Johnson, not the biggest, not the tallest, yep. but he got to do what he loved just because he kept doing, doing it. it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and he got to get paid to do what do he loved. It took him all over the world to do what he loved just because he kept doing it. Doing it. Right. You have to put the time in. Like you're going to, especially if you already have a knack at it, yeah. if you have a passion for it, you should have a somewhat of a knack at it. And if, and if maybe if you're not like, say you're, you love fashion and you can't, so there's other ways you don't need to know how to sew you. There's other ways you can work around it. You just got to find what your pivot is. You got to find out how you can get in where you fit in, Yeah. but just keep doing it. Like you got to put in the time. And if I, I tell people like, like, and I have three nieces and I'm trying to find their passions from early in life. So yeah. I can say, Hey, Let's figure it out from now. So by the time you're 20, you're a monster. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the same thing I'm trying to do with the kids right now. Just trying to figure out what they're really into. And then you just channel it and you focus on it. You just run with it. Just Uh, run with it. Like when I really think about it, this fashion thing has been here from a young, from I've been young. I just didn't have the, the outlet to understand how I should be putting it out and understand Because like I said, you sparked it from, I think I was like maybe 10 years old. Wow. Yes. I got. A, I remember asking, I got a sewing machine when I was like 15, 16, and I don't know why. That was a birthday present. I asked for a sewing machine. Wow. And that was the same sewing machine that started fraternity when I was like 27. That's incredible. <laughs> That sewing machine followed me around. That is dope. You could have easily pawned that or got rid of it. Got rid of it. Yeah. I moved. I moved so many times. That could have been like, yeah, I don't need this. Right. That's that's the thing, man. That's that's destined to be. What? So <clears throat> it's literally like whoever's listening, like finding what you're you you love and putting the time in. Ten thousand hours. I don't know. Whenever you start it, you leave. You're gonna have to. You put it in. So you start it when you're five. At least you'll get it early. If you start it when you're fifty, it's a little later. But yeah. you got to put the time in. That's the thing, though. I mean, everybody thinks uh, you hear that. You know that cliche, success overnight. It's it's far from the truth. When you hear somebody for the first time on your radio, it doesn't mean that's the first time they recorded a song. Nope. <laughs> They've been at it. Just nobody gave them the break, or they didn't. You know, crack down the right door to get the break that you're now hearing them. But the work is definitely in there. Like you, you don't players don't make it to the league just because they were tall and they had some talent. Wow, there's a lot of tall people in this world, right? <laughs> there's a lot of talented people in this world too, right? And, but and don't get and don't get to the spot. No, we all know we all know people who are super talented and who don't get to where they could be because they don't have the drive to put and in the work. That's it. That's it. The work is what we got to put in. Um, what? 
I mean, where do you draw your inspiration for the pieces that you create? Um, just like how I dress growing up, silhouettes that I thought were cool, and mm. and just putting my modern touch on it. Like I'm making, I make a baseball jersey look like elegant. I mean, not elegant, but a little more upscale. Yeah. But a baseball jersey is something that I grew up wearing as a kid. Nice. You know, a tracksuit is popular now, but I'm going to make the cut, the silhouette is going to make it like you can, you would be able to walk into you know, a fine restaurant and people would be like, oh no, that, yeah, it's a tracksuit, but it's, yeah. it's nice. It's nice. 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 So I'm taking like, like I said, to my classic silhouettes because fraternity is basically my closet, right. what I would wear and um, making it you know, the, the, this, this day and age, putting a little elegant touch on it and making it this day and age. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is this fit. Um, a lot of that is materials. Right. And and how do you, I mean, that's obviously based on some of the information and knowledge that you gained over the years, but how do you determine, okay, this fabric is going to be the right one for this tracksuit or this jacket and, and whatnot? Well, there's two things. You can go into a fabric store and see something that you are absolutely in love with and be like, I'm going to make it, but you still got to make a sample first, mm-hmm. test it, um, go through a stress test and understand if it turns out, like if it, it's like... This is how detailed I am, at least not everyone does this, but I want things to last for a long time. So right. people keep coming back. You stress test it and find out where the defaults are. And like, is this material that can stand up to the, the pressures or blah, 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 blah. Right. Is it really worth it? Mm-hmm. And you go from there or you just, you know, get it, hope for the best. Okay. Okay. So for the most part, yeah, like I'll get a material, um, I see it. I'm like, I want to make a tracksuit out of this. And you can feel it, right? Some certain materials, once you, the further you get in it, you, you can grab a material and kind of feel the, the, the characteristics, the features and go like, this is what this is good for. Like this is an athletic, this is more of an athletic type material. It stretches, it's soft, it's lightweight. People are going to want to do a little bit more, you know, movement in it. This is right. stiff. It's not meant for this. Got it. Got it. And that just comes with experience. That's comes with experience because, like, I've made stuff. Uh, I've made stuff with the wrong materials, and when you put it on and try to sh- like you and kind of like moving it, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be like restricted right. because it has no give to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So either you have to, if you're gonna use that, you have to make it a lot bigger than that person needs, so they have moved to, the room to move inside of it, so it can't be a slim fit. It needs right. to be a baggier because it's stiff. Exactly. Okay. To compensate for the lack, the mm-hmm. lack of flexibility. Exactly. Okay. So then you do, once you understand that, you make your samples, your fit test, and you test it out to make sure it fits how you want it to fit. It looks, it drops. Because then you, like, it gets complicated. Then you get to certain materials that fall differently. So depending now when you're a designer, you go, oh, I want it to fall. No, I don't want it to fall. So I can't use that material because it's going to fit the way it drapes off of somebody. Right. So these are details, again, with more experience, you start to think about and understand and go, all right, cool. Now you're getting... Uh, the silhouette like I watched an interview with Tyler the creator on I think it was Hot 97 one of those American, uh, New York um, radio stations and yeah. he said something dope he's like why do people mess with certain designers that make just a black shirt mm. and then he said he's like it's not the black shirt it's the way that black shirt fits it's the silhouette of that shirt the way it falls on that person's body because everyone's pattern is a little different unless they're using generic ones but for the most part everyone's um pattern they're making it so it's the silhouette fits a little you know fits a certain way so that could be even if that shirt is as plain as you think you're not seeing the detail that that other person is seeing and appreciating right so okay so since you brought it back up the pattern thing i want to know when you when you first cut a pattern and then you you put you know you sew it together you put it together and then you try it on you go back and say, no, that doesn't fit well. How do I adjust this pattern? And then you go ahead and adjust the pattern just to 
do a new cut? Is that what you, is that your process? Yeah. So you're basically like, it's like, it's like making a blueprint for a house um, and a puzzle. You're basically making a puzzle because uh, a clothing is, is just a puzzle. It's a bunch of pieces of flat fabric that turn around to make something three dimensional. Right. Um, so first you have to start. So first thing you, first is you start with a block. A block is like your basic, your basic body shape. Now you're starting to add, um, I work in inches, which I should work in centimeters, but I just learned in inches. So stuck that way. Um, now you're adding, um, you know, measurement or you're adding give to make it fall or blah, 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 how you want it to go. So now you have to manipulate the, the original body shape mm. and now turn it into what you want. So you, and then when you're doing that, you're trying to, especially if there's a lot of different pieces, now you make sure all those pieces line back up when you cut them. Right. So you would make a sample first to make sure to prove your pattern that proves that your pattern works. Got it. And usually when you prove that you use like a cheap material to prove that your pattern works. Right. Otherwise you're just blowing your money. Yes. So you use like, there's a thing called muslin. There's that's like three bucks a yard and mm-hmm. you just, you know, you basically make sure your pattern works. And then from there you figure out, all right, this needs to change. Like if, because if it didn't work, this is how you go. All right, this is where you make your adjustments. Got it. And the more you start to understand patterns, the more you understand where you make your adjustments to make it fit the way you want it. That's good to know. That's good to know. So what I want you to do for me is walk me through your process. So let's say I come to you um, mm-hmm. and I need an outfit. I'm actually going to use something that I want you to make for me, which is a varsity jacket of some sort. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so if I come to you and I say, Jay, I need a, I need a, a varsity suit, but I want it to be like unique. I don't need all the patches. I don't need all that stuff. Um, put your flair on it. What's your process? Do you measure me? So walk me through that. So yeah, you get measured. Um, I get all the measurements I need. Even if you're just making a jacket, I'm going to measure you completely. So I have them on file. Um, then I'm going to show you some swatches of fabrics. I'm going to show, I'm going to show you silhouettes that I have. So like I have silhouettes and I name them. So like, let's say it's the Johnson, blah, blah, blah. You'll see it and be like, okay, I like that silhouette. I like it in this material. So it's like going to buy a car. Got it. Like, like, okay, I like that Honda Accord. Mm-hmm. I like, and then like, maybe they have a purple one on the market, but like, I don't know, but I want it in red. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start putting features in it. So I go, all right, you can upgrade your zipper to a Riri zipper, which is like the Bentley of zippers. But YKK is what most people know. Mm-hmm. Then you have different zippers. Like, all right, you can use this zipper. Now you're just basically adding features to that silhouette to either make it more unique. Mm-hmm. Because I always say people, like, there's no limit to what you can do. It's just your, creati- just your creativity and your, your budget. Right. Right. So from the so you see the silhouette you like, and then you can even say, no, I want something different. Now that's a whole different story. Because now I have to go back and make you a whole new pattern. Right. Yeah. And usually when somebody does that, I end up naming the silhouette after them. Got it. Got it. That's pretty special though. That's, I mean, yeah. I get one. Again, they're, they're paying, they're, yeah, they're spending because it's not like I have to sit there and retake the time to remake a whole new um, silhouette that's catered to that one person. Who knows if it will ever sell again. Right. But it's an investment, person, so it's gonna yeah. cost me. Yeah, exactly. Right, it's a one piece, um, and if you if it turns out that other people want it, that's great. But ultimately, you're looking at it, and it's gonna be a one time, one time thing. Right. So and the time that goes into it, you have to compensate it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, and that's pretty much that. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Um, and what's so in in that process? What's your favorite part? Um, I like, so once, once the, the consultation is done and we figure out what we're doing, mm-hmm. 
Um, I like the un- I like and everything is done. I-, I actually like the unboxing. Like I like when they come see it. Like ah, and it's like that pimp my rights feeling. Like, ah. right. <laughs> so I like you know like everything is done and and you're like oh, okay, it's done. It worked. Yeah, <laughs> they like, yeah. they like it. <laughs> wow. That's so awesome. you know like yeah, that's the best part of it all. Like the yes, making it is cool, but after a while that it doesn't match up to like seeing the excitement right. that. Right. You that person gets and then the next better feeling is seeing somebody wearing something that you made and just like walking down the street. Mm. I remember seeing somebody I never met before because um I had like hats in stores and yeah. I think I'm wearing a hat and I was just like I felt it was a good moment. You just walk down the street and keep it like you yeah. don't even need to say hi to them, you just like yeah. give them the head nod and keep yeah. it moving. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's funny. So I've been wearing the uh the shirt that you gave us um when we did that photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And Every once in a while, I put it on and I'm, I'm just out and about groceries and whatever. And so I had, I literally had two people approaching me in Walmart. Uh, what, is, what is that shirt? And so I said, well, check it out on blah, blah. And I literally just pulled out my phone. I told him, yeah, I gave him the IG um, to just kind of go and check it out and follow. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait, so this is like, like a, a brand that, you know, is it in stores? I'm like, no, you got to go here and that's how you can get it. It's not in Walmart, but you got to go to this person <laughs> and get it. He's like, oh, okay, okay. Um, does he, does he, you know, do they just make uh, t-shirts? It's like, no, no, they like custom outfits. You got to go there, check it out, and you'll be blown away. And so he's like, okay, awesome. And then literally, as soon as I finished with him, maybe 10 minutes later, another random person approached me about a shirt. And I think it's just the font. I don't know what it is, but the font just works. Yeah, when I when I put it, I was like, this just works. It's simple. And then when I looked and I seen other big brands, I'm like, oh, they just have a really clean typeface. Yeah. And a solid silhouette of a logo or something. And that is clean. You don't have to have all the bells and whistles. Right. Your stuff doesn't have to have gradients. It doesn't have to have, it just needs to be very clean and timeless. Do you want to be here for a week or do you want to be here forever? <sighs> I like that. That's a quotable right there. Like it, it's it like, I, and again, as I was selling clothes out of the trunk, I seen brands come and go. Like I seen the LRGs yes. blow up, get really big, and then no one yeah. knows about them anymore. Yeah. The Crooks and Castles blow up, yeah. and then no one knows them anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not putting all this work to blow up and go. I really want to be like LELV. I want to be like Gucci. I want to build yeah. a fashion house yeah. where it's like, all right, cool. Like no, this is here. I don't need to always be involved in it, but no, I built something that has a legacy. That's what I'm putting the work in for. <sighs> That's beautiful, man. So we're at a part in the show where I have a small segment called Thinking Out Loud. Mm -hmm. This is the silliest part of the show, but I love it. So I'm going to ask you the most random question, right? And you got to pick one. You got two options in that question. You got to pick one and don't overthink it. It's supposed to be just one of those things where we just have fun with it. You ready for it? Mm -hmm. All right. Would you rather take care of the beast from Beauty and the Beast for the rest of your life or have Shrek's wife as your girlfriend? Shrek's wife too. Like, from what I can remember, when, well, but as Shrek or as, actually, no, Shrek's wife was pretty solid. No, I, as, I'll as take Shrek's wife. I'll take her. No, she, she was solid though. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's about solid. I'm trying to build something. You need that solid. Uh, and I don't like I did watch Beauty and the Beast but I don't remember I don't remember what she was like but I remember Shrek's wife being because she was a princess or something like she was somebody like she yeah, was cool and yeah. then she, you know she's like nah I'm gonna come deal with Shrek so she's solid man that character taking Shrek 
That's dope. <laughs> nah, I throw I throw that section in there. Just have some fun with it. Silly questions and whatnot. Um, <laughs> so we're coming uh, closer to the end of the show now. How has the pandemic impacted your business? Um, to be honest with you, yes, it like people stop going out as much. So I wasn't making as much customs, but it helped me to now focus on my collection. So it's been a benefit. So now it gave me, yeah. So like, I got like I I I personally got like I see I found the benefit in it. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, like stuff is slowed down, but I brought my this. I'm a learned how to live off of bootstraps. So like, right. I figured that out years ago. I was thinking living on quarantine before quarantine was a thing. Right. Right. I came outside more during quarantine than I did years before quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So to me, it was like, oh, you guys are just doing this. I've been here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I I found it to be beneficial for me and in, in my other businesses as well. But a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, this you know, we're complaining about it. And I thought it was great because it gave me time to think. Mm, it gave me, to focus. Yeah, like that. The reset was important. You know, um, <clears throat> what motivates you to continue to grind as hard as you do? Uh, like I always said, I remember there was a time where I'm like, yo, I, all this effort I put in, if I just got a regular, if I started a landscaping company, I'd been a millionaire by now. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I have to be like, if somebody goes, yo, what are you doing now? I go, are you still doing clothes? I go, nah, I'm doing this now. I don't know how to answer that question. That doesn't feel right. Right. Like people have known, from the day people who have known me for the most part, they know I've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I have the passion that goes into it. Like it's, I don't see myself doing anything else until I figure this out. I'm once I I'm one of those people like I'm have an addictive personality, and this just took way longer than I thought it would take. Yeah. But I like to once I'm focused on something, I just want to get it to a point where I'm like, ah, I got it, there you go. and then I can move on to something else. So what motivates me is I haven't cracked the code yet. Hmm. And you know when you do. And I know what I do where I can still say, oh, it's I did this and I can step aside a little bit and not be so hands-on, yeah. but know that, yo, I, I accomplished this. Because it's something I set out to do, right? I don't like, like, if I'm going to put this time into it, I don't want to, I don't want to stop it. Right, right. I, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know how to answer that to myself. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> Could you share an important life lesson that you've learned over the years as an entrepreneur for anybody listening? Um, the 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 80-20 rule. 80% of your business, and you can use it for so many different things, but 80% of your business comes from 20% of your customers. Mm. Focus uh, on those bad boys. That's it. That's it. That's awesome. That's, a, that's actually really, really powerful. I like that. I think I'll use that one. I'll share that one with people. Yeah, but everyone else is cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Don't neglect them, but never neglect that 20%. Yeah. yeah. Like, make sure they are overly happy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. To this day, like the same people who were supporting rep when it started are the same guys who now leveled up and can now afford fraternity. Mm, that's it. For the point where I'm like, I don't market much. I don't like get in stores. I don't have a huge following, but the, my lights stay on from that 20%. Yeah. Wow. So when it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? Um, I want to be known as a, like somebody who was a designer. I want to be known as like, no, this guy, he wasn't a guy who just printed t-shirts. Um, no, nah, he's like uh, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. Like, no, nah, he it was a designer designer. Right. 
like especially in the fashion game like i i want to get this to the point where i'm like and then i'm a businessman at heart that was my first always my first passion it was business Mm. Uh, but the creative part came in and I got, I wouldn't say sidetracked, but something that, you know, really took my heart for a minute. I would like to be, so first off, I want to be known as a fashion designer that then end up going back into some type of business eventually. But I will, if I can just be known as a fashion designer, somebody who's not uh, just a regular printing t-shirt guy, like that's where I'm a happy camper and I'll be the happy, you know, that's all I really need. I think, I think you more than surpass the t-shirt printing guy. Somebody's taking that job right now. So <laughs> you passed that point already. So that's good. That's good. Um, and what's what's the most recent book that you've read? And what was it about? It was definitely a pattern making book. <laughs> um, and so I started making, getting into suits. So it was a pattern making book on formal wear. Nice. Now, before we wrap things up, how can people reach you? Um, to place a custom order, uh, simply support, or get involved somehow? What's the best way to reach you? Well, you have the IG handle, which is um, fraternity brand, at fraternity brand. Um, if you want to send an email, all the information is there too. Um, the um, website is fraternitybrand.ca. Um, email address is info at fraternitybrand.ca. Um, my personal Instagram is J underscore business, B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. Mm. So if if I'm somebody listening right now and I actually want to place an order with you after I've you know taken a look at your IG and so forth, what's the best way for me to reach you? Would it be through the email or? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just uh, sending um, the info at um, fraternitybrand.ca mm-hmm. and from there, we'd either set up a we'd set up like a consultation where you come to the studio and get your measurements, um, pick out what your fabric, what you wanted for what silhouette, and then yeah, we'd go from there. Wow, awesome! So, and finally, um, before I literally let you go, I want to thank you. Uh, is there any statement that you can leave our listeners uh, with today? Um, you know that they can kind of take with them on their journey. We got the 80-20. I'm definitely going to push that one. I love it. Is there anything else that you can share with us just to inspire somebody that's listening, that's thinking about getting into their passion, whatever industry that might be? Anything that you can leave them with? Um, if you can figure out... What you're, so one thing I learned from Alex Johnson, just uh, a fact of life that I don't even know that he even knows that he taught me is if you're doing what you love, you won in life. Like if you're getting paid to do what you love, because think about it, you could be working a regular nine to five, um, what's minimum wage, 14 something. So I don't know, let's say around average of 2,500 bucks a month, let's say three grand maybe. Um, if you can do make that doing what you love, why are you, you know, and like if you put the time in, you can figure out how to do that, doing what you love. I want to thank all our listeners for joining us this week on this episode. The DAP Show. A special thank you to Jason for making this happen. I really appreciate you taking the time for this uh, tonight. All our listeners, make sure you download Podbean to get involved with the conversation so you can leave your comments there and I'll definitely engage with you on there. Uh, Again, I'll give all the links and the email information in the description of the episode. If you are um, listening to it on Podbean, that's where you'll see all that information. So you can actually get access to Jason's information and actually reach out to him and see what he can create for you. Or you can just actually grab something that he already has that's just right for you. 
Um, you know, so without further ado, make sure you also sub subscribe. Um, check out the website for the books and everything else. Uh, I'll leave that also in the description. Again, Jay, I want to thank you for taking the time and blessing I us. Appreciate it. We had a great talk. Uh, again, I, I thank you for helping spark the spark the the idea. Man, it, it, you know, I, I'm honored that you even shared that story because that that means a lot to me. Um, and I definitely have to live up to that because I want that varsity jacket that I brought up. So we're definitely <laughs> going to be talking about that. Um, and the other thing that I've been thinking about getting, uh, I don't own one. One of those uh, sports uh, jackets, like it's like a, almost like a blazer, but it's not. Like a blazer, yeah. A nice little blazer you can throw over some jeans. Yeah, one of those. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to need one of those too. So um, we'll definitely be talking uh, off air about that. Without further ado, um, until next episode, love, peace, and nappiness. Peace.